Hi, Mom, and welcome to the Interesting Podcast, where we know a little about a lot. We're your hosts. I'm Annika. And I'm Paige. Hello. Oh, and quick note, segment start times. They'll be in the episode notes if you want to bypass anything we talk about that is not MLM related. What isn't MLM related these days, though? Have you seen your Instagram feed? Awful. Honestly, it actually hasn't been that bad lately, but I feel like the year of the MLM was 2016 and 2017. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, I don't know. There were just so many in college, too. Yeah, I suppose that's like, that's when I encountered my first, but I didn't know that's what it was back then. You know, I just realized I encountered my first when I was in high school, early on in high school. A friend of mine joined Avon or something, and I went to her house for a little party. Party. Yeah. Hate those things so much. The parties where you feel so obligated to buy stuff that you don't even really want. And you go there under false pretext anyway. 100%. I hate it. Same. Anyway. So yeah. Casey, you've been under a rock for the past minute and a half. (laughs) We are finally here with some MLM gossip. Yes. As promised. So sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We came through though. Okay. Yeah, I mean, some of us more than others, but yeah, we did. We came through. I like, I'll get into it later. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted one killer Herbalife story and I couldn't find it. So instead, I just settled for a bunch of facts about what a trash can of a company it is. There you go. Yeah, it's fine. I'll let the FTC just say it with their fines. Perfect. I love a good MLM bashing. That's what this is. That's what we should probably just call it. MLM Bastash. So, okay. If you are part of an MLM, apologies, but not really because they kind of suck. I think we'll get into this. I think you can have success with an MLM. Yeah. But the majority of people in them do not have success. And also, you're essentially recruiting people in that will recruit people in who eventually won't be able to afford it. So how do you sleep at night? If you're one of those people who just all you do is sell the product and you're killing yeah. it, perfect. If you're perfect. one of those people who tries to get your friends and your mom and your friend's mom and everybody to join you, mm-hmm. go fuck yourself. Seriously. That is the pinnacle of a pyramid scheme is the focusing on recruitment. And I don't know how you sleep at night. <laughs> I don't. I, oh, here's my thing, too. Here's my thing with it as well. I don't think you're stupid if you're in an MLM. I think that some of the way I phrase things throughout this, I might seem like I think that. Mm -hmm. I don't think you're stupid. I just think that you have been suckered into something. You've been suckered into an opportunity that's not real. Right. And I don't think you're stupid for that. I just think that you want more and there's nothing wrong with that. But there's different ways to go about that that, you know, in in the end don't hurt other people. (laughs) Or yourself. (laughs) I think society these days, too, has a big push in putting women, especially in this industry. 100%. Especially nowadays, it's all about female empowerment, be your own boss. Mm Mm-hmm. What? Okay. I'm all for that stuff. I'm all for being a boss bitch. Yeah. But I think the culture is too overhyped right now. I know I'm going to get shit for saying this, but fuck it. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Joining an MLM is not starting your own business or being your own CEO, so let's cut that crap right now. Exactly. Especially when your idea of running a business is trying to recruit your friends, 
to essentially be your employees and buy products from you or throw parties for you just to sell your stuff. I agree. You're not being your own. I, I don't. It's just. I don't understand it. I don't either. Like you're still. You are a customer of a large company. That's what you are. Not a distributor. You're a customer. But also on another note too, just a more sympathetic edge to this <laughs> is that a lot of the people who get sucked into MLMs, like you said, they're not stupid. But in my experience, the majority of them are teachers. See, in my experience, it's like like military wives, 100%. Yes. <laughs> military oh wives God. and Mormons. Yes. Okay. So I don't know. I feel like it's people who – feel like they need to pick up a side hustle. They're housewives. They want to, you know, add some supplemental income. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to get into income inequality and that kind of thing right now because this is not the podcast for that. But when you have a bunch of people, especially women who are grossly underpaid and teachers especially fall into that category, they become easy victims of MLMs. Yeah, that again. That's a that's a nicer, more sympathetic way to phrase it for sure. Because mm-hmm. you're you want it op- You're looking for the opportunity. You're not looking for, you're not looking to hurt people. And I understand that. It's just you have to think of the end user sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Look past your own it's, wallet. It's just like trickle down economics. It doesn't work. Mm-mm. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying. It just makes people not see beyond their own front porch. I feel like that should just be the title of our podcast because we say it almost every episode. <laughs> well, good, because people need to learn to look beyond their own front porch, okay? And listen, Linda, I have definitely been that person who has not looked beyond my front porch at times. But I, as I get older, I feel like it is, especially this day and age too, it mm-hmm. is so important to do that. And so just yeah. from experience of not doing that in the past – Mm-hmm. Here we are. No, it's so true. I think about things that I used to say in my teens and early 20s, and I'm just like, who were you, you spoiled little brat who has no idea what's going on in the world? Right. I'm saying I cringe. It's cringy. I had to stop looking at it, but time hop back in the day. I turned mine off because I couldn't do it. I. It's so awful. Until time hop gives you, and maybe they do nowadays, but until they give you the option to delete the post that you're seeing from 10 years ago. They won't do that because then eventually it'll just make their app obsolete. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true because you and I are not the only former bigots out there. <laughs> Did you just say we're bigots? Former bigots. Okay. We weren't – I don't know if big, – bigots feels like a radical term. That's true. Let me Google bigot. Let's get the – We were just ignorant. Okay, yeah. A bigot is a person who is intolerant towards those holding different opinions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Stupid jokes about things that yeah, could probably sure. be hurtful to others within that population if they had heard them. And it was it was not out of hate towards them. It was just out of lack of exposure, lack of understanding, and yeah. just growing up in a bubble. And nowadays we can take responsibility for that and know that it's wrong and 100%. hopefully try to yeah. educate others who maybe still feel that way. For sure. Exactly. I agree 100%. Thank you. So, yeah, a podcast. 
Um, yeah, we have one of those. We do have one of those. So don't at me moments. Do you have any? No, because everyone's afraid to tell me when I do things wrong. Do you? I Okay, nobody added us, but I did want to just fact check one thing. The golden age of Hollywood. I looked up <laughs> when, that, when that took place. And we were both right. It was. It's a long period. It okay. lasted from the end of the silent era in oh, American okay. cinema, um, which was the 1920s, and went mm-hmm. into the early 1960s. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so like 35-ish years. Yeah, that was quite the golden age. Yeah. That makes sense because you're only golden until you're 35. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. Speaking of women, golly, so I just turned 29, so that means I have six years left. Annika's birthday was, I don't even know what day it is today. It was Monday. Yeah, it was Monday. Yeah. I wrote her a poem. Check out my I gram. Have, I was going to tell you to you had to do a a live reading of the poem. I guess it wouldn't be live, but that you're going to have to read it on our podcast. Okay, I'll do it at the end. If And like if this podcast goes over an hour and 15 minutes, you have to delete it. It will, but that's because we recorded for 15 minutes at the beginning and all of that's getting cut. <laughs> so Well, that's true. We can't talk about my roommate calling me a cunt bitch we can't. for that long. <laughs> but we're going to leave that part in. <laughs> yeah. And you'll exactly. be wondering, what did Paige do to deserve that? The answer is everything. Oh, won't be the last time someone calls me that, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's fine. It's fine. But I do feel like our last podcast, speaking of the true true crime or false, I think we got decent feedback on it. Yeah, people seem to like it. I mean, according to our Instagram poll, which if you didn't yeah. participate in that and you thought it sucked, then you missed your opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so don't get upset when we do more of them. Yeah. So, Annika. Yes. For our interest thing of the week, we were going to spill the tea on so- <laughs> a fart. You okay over there? Yeah, I'm laughing at myself because you will definitely hear me opening up my sparkling water. Um, oh, okay, after, yes. Yeah. I'm like, is that a white claw over there I hear? Oh, <laughs> spill the claw. Um, on our own MLM horror stories or first encounters or, you know, awkward stories. Oh, my God. There's so many to choose from. <sighs> Um, but I normally just black them out, honestly. It's true. It's mm-hmm. so true. Just like way too many slumber parties. Awful. <laughs> I think there was one point in my I was in a sorority for a moment, literally like three mm. minutes. <laughs> and one person joined Slumber Party, which is a sex toy MLM. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think she recruited maybe just about every single other sorority sister. So I had to sit through a oh lot my gosh. of parties. <laughs> You know what? She made that dough, but she was the only one that did. I don't think it lasted long for any of them, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And I'm exaggerating on the amount that actually joined. But I don't know. There there was not a lack of dildos within that sorority house. (laughs) You just walk by the Delta Zeta house at night, like on a Tuesday, and you just hear just like a nice hum of vibration (laughs) coming. Man, the cicadas are loud this year. (laughs) 
<laughs> I can't wait for one of them to reach out. Like, I can't believe you left our sorority name. And yeah. uh, <laughs> like, I can't believe you're listening. <laughs> You've been absent from the last three sorority newsletters. Oh, my God. No. All love to Delta Zeta. Um, yeah. But sorry. <laughs> it's one of them now. That's, we hear you. <laughs> Their spidey senses are tingling. Anyway. I agree. <laughs> Still nothing but love to Delta Zeta. Worst MLM pitch. Circling back. So this was shortly after I moved to Las Vegas. There was... Oh my gosh, I forgot about this. I felt like I was in an episode of Black Mirror or <laughs> Twilight Zone for those unfamiliar with Black Mirror, but please go familiar, familiarize yourself. <laughs> True <laughs> with Black Mirror. Anyway, I'm at Whole Foods. I am looking at the pre-made salads. And this girl who's about my age comes up to me. She's super nice. And she's like, I never know which one of these to get. And I'm like, oh, my God. Am I about to make a friend in Las Vegas? <sighs> and so I was like, yeah. Which one do you usually get? And so we're talking about salads. I should have known from that point that it was not going to be a good friendship when you bond over salads. But she goes on to chat with me and she's like, you know, how long have you lived out here? And we're just going back and forth. I told her I recently moved out. She's like, what are you doing for work? I was like, I do medical sales. And she's like, how do you like it? I was like, I don't know. I just started it. And she's like, what's your number? We should totally hang out. And I was like, she seems so nice. Why not? I gave her my phone number. And then after that, she was like, I just want to let you know. I'm good friends with this couple. They're in their early 30s and they're retired and they're my mentors. And um, I think you, they'd really want to meet you. Like you seem like a really cool person, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, do you want to – At this point, you either think MLM or swingers. Okay. I think I was just – I don't even think I thought MLM at this point. I was just like okay. – this is weird that she wants me to meet her friends. And I I thought, like, in my mind, I was not like, yeah, let's do it. In my mind, I was like, wow, this is a little, this got a little intense really fast. But I was like, I'm not going to lose my friend I just made. So I was like, <laughs> I was like yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> and so, you know, she already had my phone number at this point. And next day, I get a phone call from her. I ignore it. And then I subsequently get, I think, about four or five additional phone calls from different Las My Vegas God. area codes. And I just – I ignored the whole thing just because I th- I started to think about the whole thing after. And it just mm-hmm. – it felt very baity of her <laughs> to yeah. put me in that situation. And I just – I wasn't into it. So um, I just ignored it. And then after a while, I didn't get any weird phone calls. So Cool. Then I'm with my husband and Trader Joe's and we're walking around and this young couple comes up to us. Mike is wearing a Colorado Rockies shirt and this guy comes up to him and he's like, are you from Colorado? He's like, yeah, I am. He's like, are you? Mm-hmm. He goes, kind of. I'm from Nebraska. I'm like, shut <laughs> up with that. You are not from Colorado. <laughs> so funny. So yeah, he just starts chatting with Mike and it's like you know it eventually gets into you know what do you do for work because oh, I'm a pilot and 
He's like, oh, do you like that? Blah, blah, blah. And then out of nowhere, this guy drops, yeah, I'm good friends with this these couple in their young 30s who retired early. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, Mike and I just look at each other. And we look at him. And he goes, what? And I was like, we've heard this before. He goes, oh, yeah. He's mentoring a lot of guys out here. And you know, super popular. People are becoming very successful and talking with them. So I wouldn't be surprised that you've heard about it. And we're like, oh, no, thanks. And then so we we went down another aisle. And when we were in the checkout line, he caught up to us. He was like, hey, by the way, man, can I get your number? And Mike's like, not nah, it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, absolutely not. Right. So then we Googled it. And there's, it's so funny because the Las Vegas subreddit came up and was like, is there a cult where <laughs> people come up to you and they're like, no, this is definitely Amway. And another time I was walking Kylo at the park and I was, I was wearing a Rocky shirt. So just don't wear Rocky shirts, I guess. <laughs> Apparently Colorado people just seem like easy bait. I guess so. But yeah, this girl and her boyfriend come up to me and same she saw the rocky shirt she's like oh you like baseball i said yeah i'm into baseball sure and she goes i love baseball it's my favorite thing ever i was like oh cool who's your team and she, i think she said the royals i was like okay. oh that's awesome like are you from kansas and then she she just looked at me she's like no <laughs> and like Okay. I was like, oh, why do you like the Royals? And she was like, it's because I'm from Milwaukee. I'm like, okay. So clearly. <laughs> Wait, we just skipped on over the Brewers here? Right? And so it's like, okay, sure. So then I was like, have you ever been to any of the 51s games? Which used to be the name of the AAA team here in Vegas, which they would have been getting awesome Awesome publicity right now with the area. Yeah, what did they change their name to? The Aviators. So dumb. So dumb. But yeah. Why did they change it? I don't know. I really don't know. The 51s was just the best. And their logo was an alien. Okay. I know. That's all I'm saying. So yeah, she's like, no, what are the 51s? And I'm like, for somebody who claimed that baseball is their life, (laughs) like, clearly this is not the case. And so I explained to her what the 51s were. And then so we just started chatting. And suddenly she's like, so what do you do for work? And I'm like, I know where this is going. So I was like, oh, you know what? I just remembered I left my oven on. I have to go home. So I left the park. And you know what? Maybe she was just trying to be my friend, whatever. But I'm so weary now of people approaching me and just finding a random thing that either I'm wearing or I'm doing to start a conversation <laughs> with me that I just write it off and I'm never going to have another new friend. So there's that. <laughs> well, especially something like someone disingenuous like that where you're like, wait a minute. This is already off to a fishy start. Right. And it was funny because this the Reddit post that I was reading, all these people were commenting. They're like, yeah, this person saw I was wearing XYZ and came up to me and commented on that. Or, you know, they saw I was driving this car. And so they came in and started talking to me about cars. But it was clear they didn't really know a lot about cars. So they just find yeah. random things to try to just weasel their way into starting a conversation with you. And it was Amway? It was Amway. That's so funny. I don't really... My story is not that involved. Here's the thing. I'm pretty sure that I have... I've been like MLM blacklisted because I've made my thoughts on them. 
so widely known. Like even our friend Erica, she sells Mary Kay right now. And no, does she really? She, you didn't know that? No. Yes. So, but she doesn't like tr- no like recruiting or anything. It's not okay. She just I love you, Erica. She just sells right. <laughs> she sells the product and whatever. But even her when she found out <laughs> or when she decided to do it, she told Sam, our other friend, who is always seems to be a part always of always in one. <laughs> Always when when like it all it just checks out honestly. Um, she uh, she told Sam that she was afraid to tell me. Oh, I was like, I want you to be afraid to tell me. I realize I just I don't get it. It's not my thing. I don't get it. Right. I want mascara. I'm gonna go to Sephora. It's just the way I am. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So, anyways, I just feel like I've been blacklisted. Cause I don't think I've been invited to an MLM thing in a long time. But the first one that I can remember was freshman year of college. Sam, she is our <laughs> MLM connoisseur. She was at CSU and I was at Northern Colorado and so was Erica. And they're not that far away from each other. And she texts us that she got invited to this party where – and it's like a sex party. And it's going to be so Which fun. Which sounds like I, a lot of fun. It's, sure, I'll go to your <laughs> sex party. What should I wear? Right? Nothing? Great. Speaking of swingers. <laughs> no, I. she was just like, it's going to be really fun. It's just like silly and whatever. And she's like, you guys should totally come with me. Great. I would do anything to get out of Greeley. Sounds perfect. <laughs> so she comes and picks us up and takes us to all the way back to Fort Collins and we go to this party in this woman's basement who I've never met in my entire life and the first thing this woman does is just like whip out the she comes guns blazing she whips out the world's biggest vibrator I've ever seen and I am 18 at this point and I've maybe been sexually active for four months and I'm like oh my god like what what is that and, you know, she goes on her spiel all about how throughout the different toys or whatever and tells us how they're made in Japan and they extradite them as they're called toys because they extradite them as – or they expi- – I don't know. they Oh, how they, they make them animals so that they can be – Yeah, okay. so they make, like, the little, like – yeah, the little, like, clit tickler. They make it <laughs> – Did you ever think you'd say the word clit on our podcast? No. Yeah, I actually for sure knew I'd say the word clit in this podcast. Oh, good. <laughs> High aspirations over here. I know. I know. Hi, Mom. They, they like, make it into, like, an animal. That way they can claim it as a toy. I don't know. Um, and then she they have, like, other products, like, a lot of lube. So, like, lube to make guys last longer, um, which I'm horribly allergic to. Oh. Um. <laughs> How did you find that out, Paige? I don't even know, man. <laughs> I once had a friend tell me how she found out she had a latex allergy. I'm like, oh, that's not great. No, exactly. Um, very sensitive, it turns out. So, um, yeah, they had that th- those things. I was just shocked. And then, of course, at the end, she goes into, like, her whole long spiel about recruiting. And she sucks in Sam, who's 19, 18 years old. Sam ends up going back home over the summer back to her parents house with a trunk full of sex toys that she keeps there can i give you a full circle moment yeah the first slumber party that i went to for with one of my sorority sisters 
Sam mm-hmm. was the one who was doing it. That is amazing. <laughs> so funny. So funny. I she I think she still has some stuff because you know they sucker you in by having to buy this intro pack or whatever. Mm-hmm. I always used to buy this shaving cream from her. It was called Coochie. Coochie. And honestly, so that shit good. was great. That's what I bought every time. Same here. That's the only thing I would get. But yeah, she uh, she was hysterical. And that was my first brush with MLMs and my first brush with Sam getting suckered into them. Aw. Yep. Oh. But hysterical. Sex slumber parties. You know, I haven't heard of a slumber party. I don't know if they're still around. I don't know if they are either. Then I found oh, out that you can yeah. get coochie on Amazon. So I was like, well, I don't really need that anymore from... What? You can? I don't know. Let's check. Yeah, I was like, let's look. It's going to pop up when I write Coochie. Yeah, Coochie Shaving Cream Original. Ooh, this got fancy. Coochie Plus. (laughs) All right. So um, we did a little breakdown on MLMs. I honestly forget what you did, but I did how do MLMs work. What was yours? Okay. I did the history. Okay. So let's start with the history then. Okay. Man, it's just about to put a gummy bear in my mouth. Um, Okay. History of MLMs, which is honestly like a little bit hard to go back that far because people have been scamming each other forever. But uh, I got most of my information from this part, from Wikipedia and BetterHealthWorks.com. So the history of MLMs and pyramid schemes is often contested, some tracing it all the way back to the 1920s. We do know that in 1934, a company arose called the California Vitamin Company, whose model was based on the idea that customers were also sales reps. While you could purchase the company's products, they also encouraged you to sell the products to those in your inner circle, a.k.a. MLM. In 1943, the company then changed their name and implemented a compensation plan that focused on those involved being paid on multiple levels of sales being made. And one of those levels, obviously, was heavily based on recruitment. Now, simultaneously, pyramid schemes were heating up nationwide as well. What's the difference? Well, it doesn't really seem like much. Both have a little to no profit for the vast majority of those involved. Both rely on the relationships you have built prior to joining and expectations of network growth beyond your own relationship circles. As you move forward, uh, both result in filling the pockets of those at the very top and not so much those at the bottom. But now, pyramid schemes, by definition, tend to not focus on a particular product, but on recruiting, quote, quote, investments. When the main source of income is recruitment, that is when the FDC begins to sound the pyramid, the pyramid scheme alarm. Today's MLMs often focus on a, quote, quote, product or product line and recruitment. And that's how they distinguish themselves and ride a very gray line of legality. All right. My first MLM is actually more of like a period slash Ponzi scheme. So you'll see the difference. Okay. Yeah, I'm into Ponzi schemes. Yeah, right? So ready to hear it. Bernie Madoff over here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So how do MLMs work? My sources on this, it's actually just one source. It's how pyramid schemes work. By David Ruse on HowStuffWorks.com. Mm. All right. First things first. We're going to talk about how pyramid schemes work. 
and how people can but usually don't make money. How Stuff Works gave a great example of this that I'm going to recreate here for lack of time and creativity. Thank you, David Roots. <sighs> so let's imagine you're a stay-at-home parent. You see on Facebook that your friend Karen is driving a brand new car and suddenly seems to have a lot more money. You comment, hey, Karen, congrats on the new car because you're a G like that. As one does. Yeah, women supporting women. Yep. 20 seconds later, Karen slides into your DMs and tells you all about how she got her new car with a great new business opportunity. You're like, come on, Karen, spill the beans. What's the secret sauce? And then Karen tells you all about how she's selling these new health shakes and there's a lot of people who want to buy them. But that's not all. For a one-time sign-up fee, you could be doing the exact same thing Karen is doing and someday that new Lexus could be your new Lexus. Plus, if you recruit people to your sales force, you'll get a percentage of what they make as well. As a stay-at-home parent, you think, hey, this is an awesome opportunity. You can work from home and it wouldn't take too much time away from the kids. Before you know it, you're writing Karen a check for your sign-up fee plus a stock of all these health shakes that taste like shit and you're going (laughs) to sell them and you're just, you're ready to roll. You call up some of your sorority sisters to tell them about this amazing opportunity, (laughs) but you first play coy and act like you're just calling to catch up. (laughs) But guess what? That bitch Karen already talked to them yesterday and got them to join her sales force. And your sorority sister Susan that you've known since middle school has already recruited all of your childhood friends to her sales force. So now you have all of these shakes no distributors to work for you. And when you try to sell your stock by making millions of social media posts, you have no luck because everyone else is attempting to sell theirs as well. <laughs> the only people who seem to be making any money from this are Karen and Susan because they got in early and have been able to take advantage of their friend pools before anyone else. The products sold in pyramid schemes usually aren't that great and they have small profit margins. So the easy way to make money is to recruit distributors who pay to sign up, then pay for their merch, which you and everyone else above you will get a chunk of. Mm-hmm. In his article, Ruth states, it's mathematically impossible for everyone to make money in a pyramid scheme. For example, if each recruit needs to find 10 more people to recoup the cost of his or her initial investment, the eighth level of the pyramid would have to recruit a billion people to make back the money. That is insane. In fact, pyramid schemes don't work unless somebody loses. Those at the bottom of the pyramid are essentially defrauded by those on the top. It's a mathematical fact that no matter how many people join a pyramid scheme, 88% of the members will be on the bottom level and will lose their money. Now, a lot of people refer to MLMs as pyramid schemes, but as Paige said, there is a defining line between the two. When you hear MLM or Pyramid Scheme, a few big ones come to mind, such as Cutco, Herbalife, and Amway. And in 1979, the Federal Trade Commission ruled that Amway was not a Pyramid Scheme because of a few key factors, which, number one, distributors are not paid for simply recruiting new salespeople. Two, the way you make money through Amway is either by selling products or by managing a sales team and getting a percentage of recruit sales. And three, they do not require that it's sales people buy starter kits or maintain a monthly minimum of sales. Hmm. So because of this FTC ruling, a lot of MLMs have created their own business model around Amways to be classified as an MLM rather than a pyramid scheme. But even the quote unquote legitimate ones are schemes in disguise. Because here's the thing, 
even though you aren't paid for just recruiting a sales force, you are still going to make money from managing a team so that does become a priority for you, especially when the product sucks. <laughs> so yeah, that's how they work. Well said. So the rest of the podcast is going to be about horror stories from MLMs, people who got involved, people who, yeah, I guess that's about it. I don't know what yours are. Yeah, people like got involved and I don't know, just different scenarios, if you will, I suppose. Yeah. Um, we did ask you guys for some MLM stories and we did get some good ones, but we're going to just continue to leave listener stories at the end of this. Um, we did find some really deep ones online and uh, we're going to get into those. And I just want to preface this at the beginning to all of you underpaid Herbalife executives <laughs> that have been forced to listen to this podcast to be like, what are they saying about us? Should we see them? Everything here, they're secondhand sources. Even our listener stories are secondhand sources. So there's a big allegedly over all of this. Okay. Exactly. So with that, do you want to start us off? Yeah. Um, Okay. So my story actually comes from a podcast that is literally, I think it's like 10 episodes and it's about MLMs. It's called The Dream. Mm. Um, I didn't get to listen to it all yet, but I'm actually pretty hooked. Uh, It's very well done. Uh, And this one's from the very first episode. I think it kind of kind of goes chronologically and then i also dabble a little bit in a article from the huff post called mlms are a nightmare for women and everyone they know (laughs) true (laughs) yeah so before i sort of get into this though i did want to give you a little bit of facts that i found about mlms so according to the direct selling association a lobbying group for mlms that's right we will essentially never get rid of mlms because they have a massive lobby presence that makes me so Um. uncomfortable not only do you have to deal with a lobbyist who is sometimes a scummy person unless you're lobbying for something positive which mlms do not fall under that category but you're lobbying for mlms Exactly. It's crazy. They have a massive lobbying presence, and that is why it is not illegal, even though, as one said before, it is mathematically impossible for everyone to make money off of this. <laughs> Whatever. Sorry. <laughs> I had the hiccups. My gummy bears, and now I'm out. Um, anyways, the industry produced $35.4 billion in retail retail sales in 2018. Wow. This is a whole lot of money considering, according to a study by AARP, 73% of participants either don't make money or lose money. So consider this a $35.4 billion industry built on the failure of its participants. Yikes. Now, this one that I've done is called the airplane game. Um, this is a wild one honestly i understand how people could get sucked into this one but it's pretty interesting so i haven't heard of this in the 1980s a get rich quick scheme ran rampant through nyc california florida texas and a few other states it was called the airplane game Uh, to play the airplane game you had to be invited by a participant you would pay the leader aka the pilot of the plane fifteen hundred dollars to join his plane 
At that point, you are a passenger along with five other people who have also paid to be in this game. Above you are two co-pilots and one pilot. Now, once the plane becomes full, the pilot collects the entire pot and quote, quote, retires. Is this a metaphorical plane? So it's a metaphorical plane, yes. (laughs) So imagine it's essentially a pyramid with someone at the top, then two people, and then more people below them. Okay. So above you are two co-pilots and one pilot. Now, once the plane becomes full, the pilot collects the entire pot and retires, then splitting and promoting everyone left on the plane. The two co-pilots now have their own plane, and those below them become co-pilots. So essentially, you pay in and then recruit others so you can be promoted within this quote quote plane hmm. <laughs> right it's again a metaphor <laughs> uh, i mean there's just so many airplanes in my life i had to clarify because when you say plane it's where my mind goes i get it um the only way to move up in your plane is to collect the final payout by recruiting others to contribute and being promoted one woman her name was nan she was kind of despicable, honestly, but whatever. Um, mm. So one woman, Nan, who spoke with the Dream Podcast, was an advertising executive living in New York City and making money hand over fist with this airplane game. Oh, God. Every time she would cash out of a plane, she would join a new one. She had access through her established client list to affluent people who had $1,500 just laying around to throw in. And so she would cash out almost weekly. What? Uh, however, right? So when you cash out, you cash out with $12,000. And you've done nothing. You've done nothing except just recruit more people to give in $1,500. Whoever, this has nothing to do with, nothing to do with what you're saying, but my mother-in-law just texted me, sup, Aaron, (laughs) and I know you're listening. Mm -hmm. So like we all have our own profiles on Netflix. And Mm -hmm. I found out the other day that you can set a profile picture. Yeah. And um, I changed mine to Anthony from Clear Eye just because I think he's adorable. <laughs> he's my favorite. <laughs> and so she goes, hi, I just got on Netflix. And since you and your husband pay for our spot, I saw your login. Who is that cute young man? Erin, <laughs> you have to watch Queer Eye. It's the best show. Okay, sorry. Continue. No, you're fine. So every time she would cash out of a plane, she would join a new one. She had access through her established client list to affluent people who had $1,500 just laying around to throw in, so she would cash out almost weekly. However, everyone with a brain can see that this is not sustainable. Eventually, you run out of people who have an extra $1,500 just laying around, and those last people who have joined the plane lose all of their money. They have nothing to show for their participation. This is the epitome of a pyramid scheme. When asked about her understanding of those who would eventually lose, the woman flat out didn't seem to care. Oh my God. She said that she knew the game would go on and eventually a peasant in quote, quote, Bangladesh was going to lose their money, but that didn't appear to be her problem. Eventually, she quit playing the airplane game because she reached a point where a person who she had brought on was having a hard time selling the opportunity and began to threaten her with legal action because, again, this is a pyramid scheme i'd be threatening her with more than just legal action but that's just me right so only when it became her problem did she quit uh addition like eventually federal authorities began to crack down the airplane game raiding different recruitment parties and they're ending it but yeah i thought that was interesting where so this is an example of one where they literally aren't receiving any product and this woman was smart she 
she sort of knew that without any product at all, it was like a borderline Ponzi scheme. Mm-hmm. And so she, people would give her their $1,500 and she would give them one rose. So there was quote, quote, a product. No. Yeah. So, um, yeah, she, she was smart, but she was honestly kind of despicable. Like she flat out said that she knew eventually someday somebody who didn't have a lot of money was going to get screwed. But in the meantime, it was fine because she was making, like she at one point had her kids swimming in $50,000 on cash on her bed. Are you kidding me? And this is in the 80s. So that's a lot of money today. She sounds like a sociopath. Yeah, she she was she was something else. Let me tell you. Yeah, just no man, no care about anybody else. No, and so like again, I understand the appeal because essentially, if you just got eight people to give fifteen hundred dollars, you cash out with twelve thousand dollars, and then those it's up to those people essentially to make that fifteen hundred dollars back. But only you're only gonna make it back in the form of twelve thousand. Hmm. Well, wild, huh? I don't know if this is inspirational or like. <laughs> I know. I was like, man, the '80s. I'm sure all of these people were on Quaaludes. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> Probably hanging out with Bill Cosby. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just associate Quaaludes with him now. I always just think of Jordan Belford. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. He's Wolf of Wall Street, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just have to make sure I was on the same page. No, you're good. All right. So, okay, mine's on Deuterra. And I actually have a really funny story that happened yesterday that I'm going to talk about at the end of the podcast. But just keep this. I don't even know what Deuterra is. It's essential oils. It's so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Also, this just kind of goes to the whole non, whatever, anti-vax, non-vax, anti-vax thing that we talk about every now and, and then. Yeah. And it's just... The people who think that essential oils are the cure-all, end-all for things, I just want to throw all their oils in their eyeballs. Annika, don't you know your migraines can be cured by peppermint essential oil? Just drink more water and sniff essential oil. <laughs> oh, my God. Golly. Okay. It's so easy. Didn't you know it's your fault? I won't lie. When I do get a migraine, like, peppermint oil helps. It does. It feels super good. It's just, it has, like, this cooling effect. I get it. But medicine exists for a reason. And when you start telling people that essential oils can start curing things that they've never cured before – that is when things just start to get really shady and uh yeah not great so anyway do Tara. this is i found this on reddit and unfortunately the username was deleted so i can't give credit but here we go get it i just subscribed to the sub so i figured i'd tell the story of when i realized how evil mlms are i used to think they were annoying but after this experience i went completely anti-mlm So for a while, I was a hospice social worker. This meant I visited the homes of people with terminal illness and helped the families facilitate care and find services. I worked alongside some of the most compassionate nurses and clergymen I'd ever met. Hospice workers are amazing. We used to go to a monthly seminar for continuing education hours. The seminar was geared towards professionals and family members that were caring for people with Alzheimer's and other dementias. 
This particular month, we went to hear a speech from a prominent community urologist about managing incontinence for dementia patients. This is an extremely intimate topic. Many caregivers are children or family members of the patients, and it can be very traumatic or heartbreaking to have to change the diaper of a parent or a grandparent. I was looking forward to it because I heard from clients' families that this was one of the hardest parts of being a caregiver, and I felt that knowing more about the topic could be a really great insight for me as a professional. So the doctor gets up there, turns on her slides, and for 90 minutes, she just plugs doTERRA essential oils. She doesn't even talk about the medical part of incontinence. She says she's not there to sell anything, but she passes out samples and at the end gives referrals to people who sell the oils. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. What a piece of shit. Such a, such a piece of shit. And that's the thing. I feel like in order to be successful within an MLM, kind of like the woman you just spoke of, you yeah. have to be a shitty person. I agree. Like to like reach a huge amount of success, you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway. Um Family members in the front row are teary-eyed as she passes around these fucking disgusting oils. She's telling them how much oils can help with the physical and mental effects of incontinence. I sat through the whole talk, and I've never felt the kind of hot red anger that I felt that day. I try not to get it attached to specific clients, but as many social workers know, you develop a relationship and maybe a bit of counterinsurance with the population as a whole. It was an extremely emotional experience for me to see vulnerable people in that community exploited like that. I know some people were buying into it. Sometimes that can be out of sheer desperation. Some people get to a point in their journey of caring for someone with dementia where they're willing to do anything to help their loved one feel a little better. At the end, they handed out review cards for the seminar and I destroyed them in my review. The agency that has sponsored the seminar ended up having to send out mass apology letters because so many people were upset. Good. That is so sad. And I don't know. It really breaks my heart because so many people in MLMs prey on people who are vulnerable. And that's for sure to either buy your product or to join your MLM. Like I said earlier, Mm -hmm. you know, people who are underpaid fall into these traps all the time because they're vulnerable and they want the money. And it sucks. That Huffington Post article that I read, the woman, this woman was talking about how, like, she used to do Tupperware parties, and it was all fine and great, and then she, what, her mother got sick, and then they started encouraging her to use her mother's illness as sort of, like, bait to get people in and be like, oh, I just, you know, help me, like, fund my mom's care by signing up for blah, 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 Tupperware party. I was like... So sick. So many times when you host these MLM parties or whatever, you're mm-hmm. guilty. You're not bringing people in who want to buy your product and are generally interested in your product. You're bringing in your friends who feel guilty if they don't do something. It's so true. That's why I just refuse to go now. Well, thank you for that horrible feeling in the pit of my stomach. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My second one. Um, I got my information from a Boston Globe article by Kurt Anderson called Herbalife Distributors Claim Events Were a Sham. I got some information from Cheat Sheet 
um which is like a i don't really know <laughs> it's a cheat it's called cheat sheet yeah it's a cheat sheet and amanda harding wrote an article called the 15 most hated multi-level marketing companies right now um <laughs> so uh additionally Annika sent over this hysterical john oliver exposes herbal life and its dangerous focus on latinos um segment <laughs> Um, and that was also found on Huff Post. So I am going to do Herbalife. So Herbalife is a brand of nutrition supplements designed to encourage weight loss, weight gain, blah, 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 whatever your goal is. Believe me, Herbalife will tell you that they can make it happen even if you want to go to the moon. Uh, keep in mind, their products are in no way proven to work and aren't accompanied by any notable medical professional's recommendation. They are an MLM so huge, they allegedly have 2.3 million distributors worldwide. No. Yeah. Well, I wanted to tell one story of Herbalife Horror. That was shockingly hard to find, so hats off to their SEO team. (laughs) (laughs) So, instead, I will list off the horrible stats that accompany this trash can of a company. Uh, Revenue generated by recruited by... Hold, please. Oh, sorry. I just fucked it up. Revenue recruited by recruits far exceed those generated from actual product sales to consumers. Exact numbers are not available to the public. Uh, A Boston Globe article introduced us to Patricia and Jeff Rogers, who attended all of the quote, quote, circle of success events brought, uh, brought in new recruits, met their quotas on buying Herbalife goods to sell, and even set up a storefront, which is a real Herbalife special thing that they do is encourage their their uh distributors to buy store front storefronts and have them be herbalife clubs uh they didn't get rich instead patricia rogers estimates that the couple lost more than one hundred thousand dollars oh yeah including about two twenty thousand dollars spent attending herbalife events this is not just one case there are tens of thousands just like them uh Two-thirds of the sales leaders drop out in their first year and 50% leave each year after that. Uh, 2016, in 2016, they settled with the FTC by restructuring its business model and paying out $200 million to people who lost money due to shady, shady business practices. Wow. Um, the FTC mailed checks to 350,000 people who had lost money running Herbalife businesses. And they still have so much money. They still have so much money. Essentially, they should have been shut down, but again, they have a very strong lobbying presence. Um, in the FTC case, the agency said in a statement that only a small minority of distributors have made anything near what the company promises. Um, in a meeting with top distributors, executives, and board members, one executive said, we sell people on a dream that they can make it, but we know that the reality is that most aren't going to. Wait, who said that? An executive, an Herbalife executive <sighs> no. said that in a meeting. Yeah. So essentially it's just saying you all are here on the backs of those who have failed. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, you sociopaths. Um, <laughs> So Herbalife is its own special monster. Uh, I remember this being a real big thing. I feel like in 2016 and 2017, popping up on Instagram, people really losing weight and blah, blah, blah. Um, I know that Bill Ackman, he is like a big hedge fund guy. 
he actually was trying to short uh, Herbalife for years. So he was essentially they have Herbalife is a is a stock on gosh I don't even know what their ticker sign is but they they're a publicly traded company and Bill Aikman was or Ackman was like publicly betting that they would essentially fold one day because they're such, so blatantly a pyramid scheme. Um, eventually, his head fund managers and investors made him pull out uh, because they they were able to withstand this FTC case. But um, yeah, it's just it's insane the amount of hurt that they've done, especially now they definitely are uh, prioritizing Latinos and other countries sort of ran his course in the u.s like the jig is up there's been so much bad pr that makes so much sense because they sponsor pretty much well okay first of all they sponsor cristiano ronaldo who is the number one most followed person on instagram and i'm betting the majority of those people are in the latino community yeah which is that's so sad and number two i i mean i know that they sponsor barcelona um Mm -hmm. la galaxy i don't know who else yeah and it's so it's it's so shady because like it when you when you Herbalife especially I feel like when you see their marketing material it has so little to do with like the health benefits and anything it's mostly based on the brand and definitely recruiter facing and the fact that they're still around is honestly heartbreaking I mean if you just go on YouTube and there are just video, the reason I couldn't find just one specific case is because if you go on YouTube I mean there's just vid- like 15 30 minute videos of just people talking about how they were robbed so blindly from herbal life and don't get me wrong like i realize these people are going into it eyes wide open i mean they're buying these products mm-hmm. they're nobody's holding a gun to their head there isn't like a quota that they have to meet like a quota as in a certain amount of products that they have to purchase every quarter but um they're essentially being sold this dream and going to these seminars where people yell into microphones and they like get up and jazzercise i don't know okay those seminars for any kind of mlm they have them all the time and they seem like cults oh my gosh especially in vegas i remember the first conference i worked in vegas yes there was an mlm going on in the ballroom next door and didn't they give you some product and you're like this tastes like diesel (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly it was the most bizarre thing and i could just hear them screaming through the through the dividers it was wild an mlm seminar is like going to a mega church on sunday followed by sorority initiation <laughs> on monday <laughs> it's so true it is so true it feels like a cult it's the leaders of these things they go crazy when they get on stage and they just they think they're gods and the people in the audience think they're gods i know it's just the thing they people the the buy-in and i understand that they these people are literally buying in Mm -hmm. they have spent tens of thousands of dollars so of course they want to believe that this person screaming into the microphone in front of them is going to provide them with this beautiful life that they you know they're good people they've done good things and this is what's supposed to happen to you in your life and you live in america and you know you put forth the work and therefore you need to reap the rewards that's what we've been told our whole lives so i understand the appeal it's just you have to you have to you know look at the actual business structure right and realize that that's, this isn't how it's gonna play out not at all so that's herbalife it's a trash company i hate it they're probably gonna come for me bring it on herbalife Bring it on. Okay, so my next story is dedicated to Erica. 
It's very gay. This one is from user Honeybee on Reddit. I was once a seller for Mary Kay. This was back in 2011 to 2012. I'll try to be as brief as possible. I have Crohn's disease and was hospitalized in 2011 for four weeks due to pancreatitis and a perforated small bowel. I had my first bowel resection surgery the day after Christmas, and that's when my former PFF came to visit me in the hospital. She had been starting to sell Mary Kay and was so thrilled. She told me all about the money she was making, the 50% discount on the products just because she was a seller, and how great it felt to be a part of a sisterhood. She said it was a great opportunity for me to work from home since I was so sick. She even paid for my starter kit. I went to my pinning ceremony, which sounds so much like a sorority. Yeah, that's a thing. It's a thing. Where they give you a pin and a rose, like a scene out of The Bachelor. (laughs) And the team leader was a girl I went to middle school and high school with. She was driving the pink Cadillac and was so polished, confident, and sweet. Side note, when Mike and I were driving around the other day, we passed one of the Mary Kay pink Cadillacs. And from afar, I didn't realize that it was a Mary Kay Cadillac. And I was like, that's a cool pink Cadillac. Because it's like a millennial pink. It's really pretty. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. It's a nice pink. It's not like an obnoxious. Yeah. And then we drove past. I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was thrilled. I started a Facebook page and was selling left and right. In February 2012, just two months after joining, my dad was diagnosed with stage four melanoma. I dropped everything to be there for his hospitalizations and chemo and radiation. My attendance at the weekly meetings were few and far between. I focused on my dad and not my business. My team leader called and texted me and told me that I needed to sell a certain amount every three months in order to stay active. I told her where my priorities were and she said she understood. I bought things for myself to stay active. In July that same year, my dad died. I was lost. I quit selling and ordering. My depression was so bad, I didn't even shower for a month. I did nothing. My wonderfully sympathetic team leader sent me a card expressing her condolences. At the bottom, she wrote, in order to stay active, you need to sell or buy. In order to keep my Cadillac, you need to stay active and come to meetings. Our team is counting on you. What the actual fuck? (laughs) Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, my God. If anybody's a bitch cunt, it's her. Oh, my God. Such a bitch cunt. Oh, my God. I was so enraged when I read that. That is horrible. Mm -hmm. So anyway, basically, she goes on to say that she called her, asked if she was serious, and then she berated her for being lazy and not working on her business. And so she hung up on her and deactivated her account. So Tori's on whether or not that girl was able to keep her Cadillac, but I really hope it was taken away from her. I seriously hope it was taken away from her. Terrible gas mileage anyways. It just makes me feel so sick. That is so sad. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine saying that to anybody about anything literally ever. I think that's all we have research-wise. Yeah. We have listener stories. All right. I'll go first with listener stories. Okay. So uh, this is from a listener who, again, allegedly on everything, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is from a listener who worked at a big hotel chain and, um, wants me to keep the hotel anonymous. Oh, okay. Got it. A big thing, pretty much every MLM will do, like Paige and I just talked about, they host a big annual party for their top earners as a way to entice people to sell more. I wrote in here, I was like, I think you encountered one at a conference you're working in Las Vegas. I can skip that part. (laughs) (laughs) 
Anyway, these people are crazy. They shell out tons of money to make everything look pristine, and it almost seems cultish with their way too motivated motivational speakers and weird chants. Anyway, they suck. So, <laughs> like I said, the story involves Amway. Our listener recalls how they sent the flashiest cars to keep them outside where everyone could see them. They'd showcase pictures of themselves flying to the conference on private jets, which, side note, is an actual thing because my husband frequently flies the owners of an MLM. So it's the kind of stupid money that only people at the top are making. Exactly. But they do all of this to give the illusion that maybe someday you could be on this level if you work hard enough and sell enough of our product. Now, this is the shady part of the story. The people at the very top of Amway who threw this party either – he couldn't remember. He said he either was able to get them an amazing group rate or it was an off-season deal at the hotel. So rooms that would normally cost about 150 per night were brought down to almost $50 a night. Oh, wow. So what does Amway do? They buy the rooms, then sell them to the lower, lesser-earning members at $150 a night, pocketing oh, the additional what? 100 my god what pieces of shit uh-huh that's what you have to look forward to if you are an mlm and you get to go to one of their parties right that's the kind of integrity you have to look forward to that is so sad it's but not shocking in any way shape or form uh-uh. mlms are the devil yeah he was saying too that when they bought the hotel rooms they were like there has to be discretion here. You cannot tell anybody how much we paid for these hotel rooms. And they drilled this point home. When you do that, when you are really pushing secrecy, it's because you know you're doing something wrong. You know you're doing something wrong. I mean, at least be like, oh, yeah, we had to charge a little bit extra so that we could get you guys this great food that was catered or something. But Right, no. these swag bags, like, et cetera. Golly. Hmm. Well, mine is from Cutco, which... I had completely forgotten until this very moment. <laughs> <laughs> so it says, one of my son's high school friends joined Cutco and needed to do 10 presentations in 10 days. So we helped him out. 10 minutes in, I knew it was a mistake. 15 minutes in, I wanted to pull my face off. After an hour and a half, I barely managed not to rip his face off. <laughs> I couldn't get over the fact that, that their big selling point was that their knives stayed sharp for so long. But you had to have them sharpened at least once a year, question mark? We own one Cutco knife, the cheapest, smallest one. And I think that it costs us $45. Sheesh. Oh, my God. (laughs) My next story is kind of a success story, but not really. You'll find out. Okay, I have an MLM story for you. I did pure romance right after my divorce. I'd become a single mom of two paying a mortgage on a teacher income with an ex-husband that to this day has not paid any child support. I was definitely in a place. Piece of shit. Piece of total piece of shit. Sorry. (laughs) I know you're listening to this, but I know you agree with me. So whatever. (laughs) I was definitely in a place of desperation. I will say I am incredibly business savvy. So I realized early on that the business model is not sustainable. Where the company gets you is in shipping. Easy math. You would pay $10 for a dildo that you would sell for $20. 50% profit sounds great when they're trying to sell you and joining. Most people buy in at 30% profit because that's all they can afford. So I'm selling you a dildo for $20. Well, I also paid about 3 to $4 for shipping for that one item. You also need to factor in gas, time, 
party giveaways, sample-only products, a website, and additional business supplies that cut into your profit. I was lucky if I made a 10% profit. I'm a hell of a saleswoman to boot. So on an average night, I would do about $400 to $500 in sales, $1,000 plus at big parties. That sounds great until you figure your net profit is $50. Ooh. So, so how was I successful? Well, I cheated. I bought discounted lingerie from Ross and sold it at full price. I bought super discounted sex toys from places like Wish and would sell them at a true 50% profit. Where I really made the MLM work in my favor was my taxes. I could count part of my mortgage and utilities as a business expense. With this, I could show net loss every year to get me just below the cutoff line so I can get my kids on free reduced lunch. This is why once I started making way more money at my real job, it no longer made sense to keep the business. On an emotional slash relationship side, I hated the business. It made me feel like the strength of all my relationships could be quantified by how much they supported my business. There was a very selfish and terrible feeling that I was owed their business. I learned quick not to focus on friends and family for parties for the sake of keeping healthy relationships, which, thank God, you're amazing because a lot of people don't have that realization. Seriously. The one and only real good side is I got some killer sex toys out of it. Market research was easily the best part of the job. <laughs> <laughs> Can I guess who this is? Yeah. Is it a Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. <laughs> I was like, she would. She's brilliant. <laughs> She's so freaking smart. I was right? so impressed when I read that. Right? I have a lot of respect for that. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. It totally checks out. <laughs> Another listener shares a story about how she accidentally joined Amway, not knowing what it was. (laughs) Accidentally joined Amway. (laughs) I was in my junior year of college in Milwaukee, and someone reached out to me on LinkedIn about a part-time job opportunity, which I was excited about to make some money on the side while it's at college. I met him at a Starbucks, and he gave me the whole spiel. He made it sound super easy, and and I was very naive. I ended up getting invited to a training meeting at a local college in downtown Milwaukee, so it all looked very legit. They went through the business plan and the way it works, then kept introducing me to other members of the team to help me get started on a community building, which is their thing at Amway. They asked me if I wanted to join and that it would be a $25 fee to get my license, so I said yes. Then... A different guy there told me that it was going to be a $75 $75 for the membership activation, plus the starter kick. I did it anyway. <laughs> when you get to a certain amount of points, you get a promotion, and the easiest way to get more points is to buy more products. So I bought all of these nutrition bars with my debit card. <laughs> I'm very lazy, and they're always trying to hustle you and to sell more, so I didn't do well. <laughs> my parents were the only ones who bought this stuff for me, and it's still sitting in their house. <laughs> Later that year, a Mary Kay rep tried to recruit me, but I knew better that by then. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was very lazy. That's my favorite part. I'm like, own it, girl. Own it. <laughs> I respect it. It's so funny. I would do terrible in an MLM. Just- well, also, like, if you don't realize that's what you're in, I find it, you would find it very hard to be successful because you're not quite sure how to, you know, activate those around you. Exactly. Uh, it's funny though. I am very lazy. <laughs> I have another. This is a really short one that uh, okay. somebody yeah, told go me. For it. But uh, I don't really have it written out. This is all coming from memory because she just told it to me over the phone. But she she's an she's an elementary school teacher, 
And a friend of hers got involved in one of the sex toy MLMs. And she was throwing a party and invited her. And she was very reluctant to go, but she felt bad not going because of the whole guilt thing we talked about. Yep. So she gets there. And one of the first things they do off the bat is this getting to know you game where Mm -hmm. they have a double-sided dildo. And they have to sit in a circle and pass it between their thighs to the person next to them. And <laughs> what? Yeah. It's like second blow, but with dildo. With a dildo. <laughs> I mean, not like, okay, not, it's all tame. Like, they're wearing clothes. <laughs> fine, fine, whatever. <laughs> anyway, she's holding on to the dildo between her knees, and she turns to the woman next to her to pass it to her. And she looks at her and she goes, oh, my God, my daughter is in your class this year or something like that. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You, like, lock eyes. You don't know what to say. Right. I would instantly turn red. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it is. Anyway. Um, One of my favorite things that came across on Instagram, I just asked what your MLM pyramid scheme horror stories were. And obviously it was like via Instagram, so your replies couldn't be that long. But this is my favorite one. It says, thought I was going to see a friend's new puppy walking out on an MLM party. (laughs) I mean, if you're going to join an MLM and you want to recruit people, get a puppy. For sure. I would go. It's the only way you could get me to go. Um, Another one says, fucking Mary Kay. Didn't get sucked in. (laughs) Comes, but Erica did. (laughs) Good. Oh my god, Erica, you're doing great. No, you are. You're not. You're you're rising above the MLM name. You're you really are just peddling makeup. You're not peddling recruitment. Exactly. That's that's the kind of MLM I can respect. Exactly. Okay, so I need to share my story from yesterday. Oh yes! I'm so excited. I got into an internet war with somebody. <laughs> Usually I don't engage in these things. Usually I type up a response and then delete it because I know that I'm not going to change people's opinions. It's usually on Twitter about somebody posting some dumb political thing or on Facebook. That's what they want. They want you to react. And so I just have to type it out and then delete it and I'm done. But in true Kanye fashion, I had an internet war with somebody and I get it now. (laughs) It's empowering. Okay. Okay, I'm trying to find it right now. Hold it's on. not on Twitter. Like, it's on... Damn it! I'm sorry. It's on Nextdoor. Which is oh, that is even better. The worst. Also, it's because these are your neighbors, so tread carefully, I guess. The way that I sum up Nextdoor to people is that it's just a bunch of people complaining about the same things over and over and just very subtle racism. This girl, I won't say her last name, first name's Allie, posts, do you want to work from home? Is the subject line. So I already knew where this was going. Yeah, of course. Do you love helping people? Dislike your current job? If you answered yes to the questions, then please comment or message me so I can help you. Allie. Smiley face emoji. Then several women, always women, comment, Mm-hmm. details or you know I'd be interested what do I have to do blah 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 so she replies to everybody and she says I'd love to give you more details I'm a wellness advocate with doTERRA 
We help others learn about the awesome benefits of essential oils. I would love to give you a sample if you're interested. Oh, God. So again, I had this, I typed up my reply. I had this heart to heart with myself. I'm like, these are my neighbors. Mm-hmm. So do I engage? I engaged. What did you say? I don't want to step on anyone's toes here, but I'm going to. This, <laughs> this is an MLM, and chances are you won't make any money from it. If you have a lot of spare time, are good at sales, and can afford the initial expense of joining, go ahead. I'm all for women being boss business owners. Kind of. I touched on that at the beginning. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> but when you post this telling people to quit their jobs so you can earn money from them, that's shady. I understand you're out here trying to make money like the rest of us, but please don't allude to people being able to quit their jobs when statistically most people aren't equipped to handle the daily grind of an MLM. Again, if you think you have it in you, do it. Some people do make good money from MLMs, but for those considering, please Google doTERRA MLM just so you know exactly what you're signing up for. And then I also posted this infographic from PR Newswire that basically talks about the income distribution for MLM saying how 47% actually lose money with 27% not making any money. So just the odds are not in your favor, whatever. Yeah. So Allie replies to me. She goes, I haven't told anyone to quit their jobs and I haven't promised anything. So I go, Allie, I know you didn't outright say quit your job, but when you say things like dislike your current job, it implies that people should leave their position and move to greener pastures. Also, work from home. Work from home. Okay. And then the reason why I decided to engage is because one woman said, like, oh, I just started a new job, but I'd be interested to learn more about this. And I'm like, if you just started a new job, stick with it. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Um, that's why I felt that way. So, anyway. It implies that people should leave their position and move to greener pastures. It's definitely possible to find success in selling doTERRA, but not for the majority of people who join MLMs, and sales reps tend to leave that bit out when giving their pitch to potential recruits. And that's pretty much it. She didn't reply back to me, but a bunch of neighbors got on there and thanked me. Oh, that's <laughs> good. <laughs> See, you're just the neighborhood watchdog. But I like, am. Instead of, instead of going th- down the streets, you know, you're just patrolling the next door. Neighborhood watch, but make it millennial. <laughs> so those are MLMs. Avoid them at all costs unless you really think you have the bandwidth and the network to make them work. But I also hope you don't sleep at night knowing that somewhere down that network, somebody is losing money. Right. Or just stick to the profit that you make and not the profit that others make. Exactly. Like, don't focus on recruitment. Like, if somebody approaches you, fine. Whatever. Mm. It's their funeral. I think there's a good handful of people that I know who are involved in MLMs and all they post about is the product and not joining their team. Yeah. So I do appreciate those people and I don't want to throw them in with the association of the rest of these people we talked about. Yeah. I agree. The thing though, if you are touting any kind of health product like Herbalife or Plexus is a big one, Mm -hmm. nothing – Within those companies, we talked about this in our uh, diet episode too. Nothing in those products is FDA approved. And when you're saying that it cures this disease and Ugh. you know blah, blah, blah. And so many of you guys say that because that's what the company tells you to say. Just know that that's a really shitty thing to do and you should stop right? doing that. Exactly. 
And hopefully a day of reckoning will come for claims like those where you can't just start spouting off incorrect shit on Instagram. Right. I once had somebody tell me that my migraines would be cured if I drank Plexus. I'm like, go fuck yourself. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I believe in placebo effects, too. Yeah. You're clearly drinking the Kool-Aid. Like, I'm desperate, but I'm not that desperate. (laughs) Whatever. Anyway, (laughs) I'm really excited for our next episode because we're going to be in the same room again. We are, which hasn't happened since our first two episodes. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, it's gonna be great and that's mm. next week and we won't be talking over each other hopefully as much i think i think we're gonna nail it we're, it's gonna take a second to get used to being with another person in the room i'm literally staring at a wall right now i'm so excited <laughs> um, yeah not only are we gonna be in the same room but within that room we're gonna be drinking excessively while <laughs> talking about the prohibition and all the fucked up things our government did during that time it's going to be hysterical, but, and we're going to essentially talk about the birth of the Kennedys. It's going to be great. And I'm going to be teaching Paige how to edit, and that's going to be a bitch of an episode to edit with Ooh. the alcohol consumption, <laughs> so good luck. Um, I have not so bad. run this up Paige's flagpole, but I'm just going to say it anyway. If she hates it, I'll take it out. So our listener question for you guys is just tell us your best drinking story, like the time you got drunk and did it. something outrageous. I hate it so much. Get out of here. <laughs> I don't want to know anyone's dirty little secret. I want to think of my own. Like, I don't know what my favorite story is. I know. I was thinking about our drinking stories. Mm-hmm. And I can think of a fair amount for both of us. That would be pretty solid. <laughs> I think I, I already have mine in mind. But with you, I don't know. We both broke bones. <laughs> we did both <laughs> in college. In college well, from being well, drunk. Blackout junk. So, so maybe that'll be it. We'll see. It's just the things that happened after I broke my foot that were just so phenomenal. And oh also before gosh. it. Annika's feet are very sensitive too, so. They are. Ziggy stepped on it the other day and that was a big bruise on it. It's an, Ziggy's an 80-pound dog. <laughs> <laughs> One day we're going to do an episode on Everest and I'm going to make Annika show off her frostbite toe. Oh my god. It's awful. <laughs> I Okay, so UNLV is a big medical school and mm-hmm. my friends and I every now and then will go to trivia at this brewery on mm-hmm. Thursday nights and there's a bunch of med students and residents and everything that will go to this trivia night and we befriended this group of doctors. <laughs> and <laughs> It was around, it was in the winter, and I was working a conference where I honestly thought I would have to leave work and go to the hospital because my feet were. She should have gone to the hospital, okay? It was so messed up. I took a picture and I sent it to Paige. It's the, the most terrifying is, picture ever. It's my biggest conference of the year that I was at, so I'm like, I can't mm-hmm. leave. So, yeah, I had this picture on my phone. I ended up surviving. I was fine. But um, anyway, this picture got passed around the brewery that night. And so a lot of times when I show up now at that brewery, I'm asked about how my feet are. And it's just <laughs> such a great thing. I hope they, like, name a beer after you, like uh, Blue Toe. <laughs> Blue Toe Lager. <laughs> it's like Blue Moon starts coming after them. <laughs> it's fine everything's fine yeah so send us your best drinking stories 
I'm just, I think we just have started to keep these anonymous. So yeah, know. it's just easier that way. Yeah. So don't worry about being fired. Yeah. Like unless you really want credit, then we'll like if it's like your misconnection. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. And that's that's about all we have for you guys today. Yeah. Thank you for listening. For listening. <laughs> Please go subscribe and rate and review. It's yeah. so easy. It takes 30 seconds and it means a whole lot to us when you do it. Um, Apple Podcasts. Can you do it on Spotify or no? No, you can't. You can only follow on app- on Spotify and download the app and download the episodes. Okay. So, I mean, all of you Android users, I guess, have an excuse I mean, I don't, I don't even know. Maybe Apple Podcasts does cater to you guys, but I don't know. Yeah, um, who knows? Everyone else, though, I know, I know who I'm texting that has blue text bubbles. Yeah, do it. It's cool. My husband finally reviewed us, so um, yay! <laughs> because he did. Now you guys can. Yeah, I'm gonna tell Cody I'm not gonna move in with him until he does it. Mike's uh the CEO of Mike's company talking to you right now. <laughs> you told me you listen. Woohoo. What up, Curtis? What's up, Curdy? <laughs> All right, guys. Um, I'm done calling out my amazing friends who listen to us and really don't need to do anything. But uh if you have any don't at me moments or you just wanna say hi, whatever, um, or you wanna yeah. send us your drinking stories. Feel free to send us an email at interestthingpodcast at gmail.com. And, or yeah, just slide into our DMs. Yeah. I really hope we get some hate mail. (laughs) Oh, I hope we get some hate mail too. That's when you know you've made it. Yeah, exactly. Haters make me famous. (laughs) And on that, (laughs) keep it interesting. Bye, people. Love ya. Love you. Love you.